This following episode of Talking Pop for the Cultured is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new broadcaster or an existing broadcaster like me looking to grow your audience and get more engagement, you're going to want to check out poddex.com. Use the promo code TALKPOP for 10% off your first order. Poddex is the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or gamify the podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards or actually use their app, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Make sure to use that promo code TALKPOP for 10% off your order. Hello, and welcome to Talking Pop for the Culture. Before we get to your regularly scheduled program, I want to let you know this podcast is also powered by ExpressVPN. You are probably wondering, what the heck is a VPN? It is a virtual private network that protects your browsing and streaming with ease. You can install ExpressVPN on any mobile device, smart TV, laptop, desktop, and even a gaming console. So if you're planning to use public Wi-Fi when traveling, make sure to have ExpressVPN activated to protect yourself and your data and browse safely. These are the following statements from the website, and I quote, When you connect to ExpressVPN, your internet traffic goes to an encrypted tunnel that third parties, including your internet service provider, hackers, and government agencies cannot see into. It helps with privacy. Keep your whereabouts to yourself and surf with a peace of mind. When you connect to any ExpressVPN server locations, you get a different IP address and can make yourself appear in a different country. Avoid price discrimination based on location and help keep your identity private. So when you use a VPN to connect to the internet, the VPN creates an encrypted connection known as a tunnel between your device and the internet. The VPN masks your IP address with its own IP address in the tunneling process. That IP address is shared with thousands of other VPN users. That makes it virtually impossible for anyone to trace your internet activity back to you. By using a VPN, your own IP address is masked or scrambled by the VPN, protecting your location, identity, and online activity from anyone who wishes to find you through your IP address. A VPN protects your privacy and lets you browse securely. But what if your VPN connection gets interrupted? Your browser and other apps won't warn you that you are connecting without protection. That's where a VPN kill switch comes in. If your VPN drops, the kill switch disables all internet traffic. This protects your IP address and other sensitive information from being exposed. Once your VPN connection is restored, your secure internet access resumes. ExpressVPN uses an AES, also known as Advanced Encryption Standard, with 256-bit keys, also known as AES-256. It's the same encryption standard adopted by the U.S. government and trusted by security experts worldwide to protect classified information. It will take a hacker hundreds of years to get your information. You can access geolock content by using ExpressVPN by switching your location to 94 available internet servers. For me, for example, I love anime, especially Studio Ghibli films, but I have Netflix. I don't have HBO Max. I find out it's actually available on Netflix internationally. So all I have to do is I click on my ExpressVPN browser connection it switched my location to Canada. And then what I do is I refresh Netflix's browser page. I type in Spirit Away. Not only I get Spirit Away, but I also get access to the other Stubbly Ghibli films in the library and also many more content that's not available in my country. It's that simple. ExpressVPN offers 24-7 customer support. They also offer a 30-day money-back guaranteed. No hassle, no risk. Plans start at $12.95 a month, $59.95 for six months, or the more popular... $99.95 for a year with savings up to 35% off a month. They offer the best in class security and encryption. No activity logs, no collection logs. They don't even keep track of your information. They also rated 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot and Apple Store. Right now, listeners of Talking Pop for the Cultured get an additional three months added for free by signing up using our link expressvpn.com slash talkpop. Once again, that's expressvpn com/talkpop. Link information is available in the episode description. Now, let's take you back to your regularly scheduled program. What up, fanboys, fangirls, and non-binaries? Welcome to another edition of Talking Pop for the Culture, the pop culture podcast. I'm your lovely host, the franchise, and it's like right now the time of this recording is 5.46 in the morning. 
a little early for me to start recording, but what happens when you have a two-year-old cat who loves his dad and thinks he works every day, decides to make, play mischief and start waking up at five in the morning? Hopefully, I'm not the only cat lover, cat owner, um, has to deal with that. Right now, he's in this terrible too, so yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'm up. Might as well record and talk about stuff and but change focus this week because I kind of figure you know with stuff going on with Black Friday hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving with Black Friday today's Cyber Monday Can't those deals with me I had to save and scrounge and stuff right now try to save all my holiday shopping to probably later this week um yeah take advantage of those deals um I know a lot of stuff happened like the past weekend of course with the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special which I haven't seen yet I wanted to take time and like you know my all my focus was more on the World Cup, on uh, the FIFA World Cup, you know, especially Mexico, um, following them, following England. You know, the biggest thing was Argentina versus Mexico. You know, Mexico had somewhat a decent strategy, being all defensive, and they had, they were stopping Argentina until the until later into the second half. When, of course, I have to admit he is one of the best players of all time. Um, Lionel Messi making a goal, you know. Sorry, it felt a little dry. Um, yeah, making that goal and of course that opened up the Argentina score again. Went Mets go in a do or die winner go home situation on Wednesday against Saudi Arabia. Basically, for them to get in is they got to win against Saudi Arabia and hopefully Poland tie. Uh, hope hopefully Poland uh, beats uh, Argentina and or Mexico tries to get as much goals as they can. We'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, I want to talk about the FIFA World Cup because it's one of the things that going into, you know, when the storming being Qatar, what Qatar is, and the stuff behind the scenes. I know players were told not to be political, but right now it's like all, all I see right now is like a lot of news headlines regarding the World Cup and stuff. So I want to, like, talk about it. You know, they told the players, you know, focus more on the game, less on, you know, the politics and stuff, especially people, you know, in the government of Qatar, like, going back on the things they said just for them to, like, to get a World Cup and, you know, be hypocritical. We understand it's a Muslim-run nation, I mean, and a government, and supposedly said that we're all going to be all welcoming to everybody, but fortunately, that's not the case as, you know, same-sex marriages are decriminalized. They can't, you know, they it's criminalized in Qatar, and, you know, a lot of supporters wanted to wear, like, even teams were going to wear, like, you know, rainbow armbands, and, of course, that didn't happen. And even fans are getting stopped wearing rainbow-colored items to show love and support for all of the community. And uh, they're getting stopped. There's, like, TikTok videos of people getting stopped. Of course, no alcohol. That's why they've been selling Buzz Zero. People are trying to sneak in alcohol to watch the game because, you know, I can't watch the game with no beer. But, of course, you know, Bob Zero is the only thing that are selling at the stadiums right now because Bob is one of the sponsors of the World Cup. Um, there's a lot of things that I pulled up right now. It's right now we're in today's games. You know, games started like at 4 in the morning right now. It's group stage today, G and H. Um, they're trying to get their, uh, it's like the last, like, group, second, like, group um, fixture right now. It's Cameroon, Serbia right now at the 85 minute. About tied that three apiece. Then we got later at 7, we got... Soccer versus Ghana, then Brazil versus Switzerland, and then Portugal and Uruguay. And of course, tomorrow it's going to be Ecuador and Senegal, the Netherlands against Qatar, who were eliminated from the World Cup, um, being the host nation. And of course, the big one, which is Iran and the U.S., who have who are once again in the do or die situation. And Wales being already eliminated, um, they'll be taking on England. They're close to elimination, though England will take on them. Uh, tomorrow as well. There'll be two games going on at 1 o'clock tomorrow at the same time. It'll be interesting to see how those go. And then on Wednesday, it's going to be Tunisia and France, Australia and Denmark, and Poland and Argentina and Saudi Arabia and Mexico going at the same time. Mexico, like I said, they're in a do-or-die situation as well, which leads to the final group stage games, which is Croatia and Belgium. On Thursday, Croatia and Belgium, Canada, who raped Pretty much got eliminated uh, against Morocco, Japan versus Spain. I think that's going to be a great match. And then Costa Rica versus Germany. And then the last group fixture will be Friday, December 2nd with South Korea and Portugal, Serbia, Switzerland, Ghana, Uruguay, and Cameroon, Brazil. And then 
that week, same weekend, we'll have our first round of 16 matches going on from like Saturday, December 3rd to Tuesday, December 6th. So it's an interesting World Cup right now. I can say it's like the most talked about and stuff. So I wanted to pull up, you know, what, what what's going on and stuff and like the live news and stuff that's going on and, you know, and a lot of stuff is happening. Like, there's a lot of news happening with the World Cup. Um, even, like, you know, news outlets covering, like, NPR and stuff. Talking about, you know, this been about the government itself. And, you know, the one thing is, like, just pull up a few articles. Um, this one that's right now in anticipation of tomorrow's match. Um, this is from CNN. They, like, do sports coverage. And seeing the headline reads, Iran calls for U.S. to be kicked out of the 2022 World Cup after it changes Iran flag on social media to show support for protesters. You know, so it says here from the CNN um, article, which is written by Ben Morrison, when he's turning for CNN, it was updated today. Uh, it says here, and I quote, Iran state media has called for the U.S. to be kicked out of the 2022 World Cup after the United States Soccer Federation Change Iran's flag on its social media platforms to support for protesters in Iran. Version is temporarily displaying Iran's national flag on special Twitter, Instagram, and a Facebook account about emblem of the Islamic Republic. A now deleted graphic of the group B stands posted on a Saturday displayed an Iranian flag only bearing its green, white, and red colors. U.S. soccer told CNN on Sunday they wanted to change the official flag for 24 hours to show support for the women in Iran fighting for basic human rights. Always plan to go back to the original flag. Um, the one change was the one-time graphic U.S. Soccer told CNN. We have the main flag on the website and other places emblems currently back on the flag on U.S. Soccer social media channels. Says a spokesperson for the State Department told CNN he did not coordinate with the U.S. Soccer and is supporting this body's decision to change Iran's flag on its social media accounts to support our protesters in Iran. If you guys are not aware, um, that's what's going on right now in Iran. There's a lot of protests going on. It says, we look forward to a peaceful competitive match on the field. The United States continues to find ways to support the Iranian people. In the face of state sponsored violence against women and brutal crackdown against peaceful protesters. Says the Rand State Media report Sunday, the United States should be immediately kicked out of the tournament, suspended for 10 games for a distorted image of the country's flag. This is what, um, this is what they said. Um, by posting the stored image of the flag of the Islamic Republic on an honor special account, the U.S. football team breached the FIFA.com charter for which a 10 game suspension is the appropriate penalty. Red State Line texting news station on Twitter. Sunday Team USA should be kicked out of the World Cup. This year, people did not mean to respond. Like I said, Iran and USA are going to be playing against each other. It's a muscle attack for the U.S. if it is the progress. It was a knockout stages. So, that's what's going on right now. With This is what happens when we have countries that are still like, keeping religion and, you know, and politics together versus here in the U.S. They try to keep this nice and separate. Um, I mean, it's that time where things need to change. You know, I understand, like, to me, it's like, I understand, like, the Muslim faith, but at the same time, it's like showing violence against women and not giving them basic human rights to me is ridiculous. It's been so long. And it says here this regime has been in control around for 40 years. It's about time for them to adapt. And I mean, if you look at Saudi Arabia, they're slowly like letting women attend sporting events, so which is great. You know, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to, you know, evolve with the world. This is still a country that's still behind the times, and they're killing people that are doing peaceful protests. And you know, the U.S. just wants to show the support. You know. Because, you know, think about it, the U.S. is like a melting pot for all these different nations. We'll probably, won't be surprised we have a few people from Iranian descent here in the U.S. No, we're just trying to show the support. I understand they get, they get flustered because of the flag, but never just showing their support because there's nothing they can do on the on the pitch, but at least they had the power of social media to get people to, to understand and see what, what, what this protest is coming from. I mean, it's not like they're bashing them or anything. It's like... Just getting people to aware of what's going on. Sorry, guys. Like I said, my throat's a little dry. It's early in the morning, but like I said, women need need to, women need to have the same basic rights as everybody else, especially these like 
Muslim controlled countries where honestly it's like I said and like I said it's Iran's fault for for doing what they're doing I mean if you look at the radio football team the first game they were you know they did not sing the anthem because they were showing solidarity I could tell in the next game I saw a video on TikTok where they were singing but they were also crying but I get the feeling you know the government pretty much either threatened their families or threatened them if they didn't sing the national anthem. I saw even videos of fans, female um, like female football fans, you know, Iranian descent, getting told not to wear jerseys with the person's name on it or they want to show their, like, protests as well. And they feel for these players because of the fact that, you know, they probably were threatened by the government, you know. But it's like, and the problem is Qatar being, you know, one of those nations where the regime is, you know, run by like using those heavy principles of Muslim faith, which to me is like this is what happens with religion. I understand people like, to me, religion is something you know, it's a state of mind, something that should not be taken as a literal. I know I'm probably gonna get flack for it, but at the same time, it's like you want to be, you you want to, you know, show its things about being peaceful and stuff. But for me, I'm a spiritualist. I'm not. I was raised Catholic, but I saw things, you know, when I took other religion, when I took a comparative religion class when I was in junior college, and it opened my eyes to see how very similar each religion is. But most of them do have, like, similars where basically it's all about, you know, showing love for others, being a better per being like a person who tried to create good karma. And trying to work together, be respectful, but at the same time, it's the people that use the most religious practices use it to scare people and you know look down on people with it. And it's to me, it's something like, like I said, these religions were d discovered thousands of years ago during a during a time where they had nothing to work like they were worshiping, you know, they had pagan rituals and stuff. But now times have changed. People have changed. The problem is these countries are still, like, these governments are still looking at the old regime and not willing to evolve. And honestly, like like I said, with this in Iran, it's like it all heads back to, like, with the death of Masha, I mean, the 22-year-old woman who died to be detained by Iran's morality police. Legend for not buying by the country's conservative dress code. Iran's security force family should buy in response. So it's all about, you know, even like even somebody from the United Nations um, says here on this article, um, United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights Chief Volker Turk has said that the country is in a full-fledged human rights crisis. So, it's just something where like politics hits sports. I mean, like I said, what's the best way to get the na national attention? Which, of course, it's the World Cup. This is something that FIFA was gonna have to deal with because you got the world's biggest like football tournament. And it's the whole world watches it. And people say, "Oh, no one watches football, like soccer here in the, how we say it in the U.S." But if I look at the numbers when it was USA England, it had a 19 million viewership when U.S. and England played on Tuesday. Eddie, you gotta imagine that 19 million viewership, and people thinking, "Oh, fo football or soccer has here." It's not popular. It is. This is a growing soccer culture that's here in the U.S. With me, like, during the pandemic, I was following a lot of sports. But now I've been, like, following more of soccer. I still watch American football. I still follow hockey. Baseball, not as much as before. Um, Because, honestly, to me, I know, I, I know people that they're like, what's so appealing about, foot, like, soccer, you know, or association football, how England discovered back in the day? Um, because oh, it's forty-five minutes. It's boring. It's not. It just shows a lot more athleticism. It's all about cardio and stamina, building up lower leg strength. But you gotta see the passion like these fans have. I mean, it gets to the point where you know it gets too intense. Like if you want to see something that shows people love for football, for soccer or football, I'm gonna I'm gonna say football. Watch on um, Welcome to Wrexham. It's a documentary on Hulu. Um, it's by produced by FedEx, uh, FX Pictures. Um, it stars uh, Ryan Reynolds and Ron McElhenney. Um, as you know, the two actors decide 
to buy a share into this team called Wrexham Football Club, AFC, Athletic Football Club, that's uh, in Wales. And they're trying their best to try to take this team that's in like one of the four lower division of English football and try to get them to the next level. And just showing, like I like how each episode focuses on a different aspect of the team, but also shows people's, like, it, it's like a tutorial for people how passionate a town is for their football club and what it means to be a fan um, and the players, what it means to play for their city, for their town, and shows like these two, you know, when they see two foreigners coming in and showing their love and appreciation for the game and trying to be as much involved as they can. But I like that it gives a little history about the culture, about the, you know, they had a little episode about hooligans and how passionate people get to the point. I mean, I like how each episode focuses on a certain thing. While it shows footage of the team trying its best to move up to the next division, next to the level. Definitely something I do recommend checking out is Welcome to Wrexham. That's currently on Hulu. So, I saw that article. Another thing I wanted to saw in the World Cup. Let me just... Apparently, there's another video that's going on. Um, being shared on TikTok as well. After Argentina beat um, um, Mexico, apparently... Um, you know how they teams they'll exchange jerseys. Apparently, there's a video that service online. You know, Argentina celebrating. And apparently, Messi accidentally. Uh, I don't know if he's doing it on purpose, but he was kicking the Mexican soccer jersey, Mexican football jersey, in the locker room, and it actually sparked the ire of Canelo Alvarez, who you know is basically this generation's um, Julio Cesar Chavez boxer. You know, um, pretty much saying you know. He feels offense to it. Like, don't get me wrong. Maybe it was accidental. You know, you got to understand Messi has a big following. But at the same time, you know, if you exchange jerseys, yeah, you got to show respect for the team you got the jersey from. Um, and like I said, it's, like I said, this FIFA World Cup is not without controversy. I mean, especially with Qatar itself. Um, I mean, with using migrant workers, underpaid migrant workers, and supposedly saying that you know, migrant workers, it says here, like I pulled this up from NPR, it says a lack of infrastructure and deaths of migrant workers. Qatar is the smallest nation to ever host the World Cup, a complex international sporting event that draws huge numbers. Before I keep reading on, let me give credit to the, the article written by Becky Sullivan. It was written on the 18th of November. And it says here, when it won selection 2010, Qatar lacked many of the stadiums, hotels, and highways needed to stage tournament. The building the country turned to its massive population of migrant workers, who make up 90% of more of its labor force. Only about 300,000 Qatar's residents are Qatari citizens. But are outnumbering them are migrant workers whose visas are tied to the employment assistance common in the Middle East. Because worker, working in the conditions for those migrant workers were frequently exploitative and dangerous. A 21 investigation by the Guardian found that more than 6,500 migrant workers from five South Asian countries had died in Qatar since 2010, all from causes of workplace accidents, car crashes, suicides, and deaths of migrant causes, including the heat. And this is a quote from someone from NPR. Uh, from Pete Patterson, he said, Some of them include workers who collapsed on a steam construction site, died after they were taken off it. Others died in road traffic accidents on their way to the work in the company's bus. And many others died suddenly in an unexplained way in the labor camps. Reporters' investigation interview last year with FTR, and of course the government and people are both like saying they're trying to dispute the number. Because there's says only three people have died as a direct result of the work on the World Cup construction site. Like now, it's 37 workers that were non-work related. Even they said like in May, coalition human rights groups called on people in Qatar to create a remedy fund of pool money to use to help their families. That's why teams decide you know what the money they're getting, they're gonna put that to the fund. They're being told not to be, you know, political. And the teams are just focused on the game. And like I said, it's this. Like I said, this World Cup is not without controversy, especially in the way the government's been treating people. They they were expecting a lot of fans from different countries to come over and support their teams. You have to have to understand. You want them to respect your laws, but if you're gonna host a world event, you have to expect what kind of fans you guys are getting. It's like the government, like the host, they host these events. You gotta understand, it's not just like your fans or for your football club, it's like for your national selection team. It's everybody that's coming. The world is coming to see this this game being played. And you gotta understand, these fans are gonna be passionate. They're gonna wanna have fun. 
you know, it's all about the game, and then you want you want to impose their laws on them. It's like I understand you want to show respect, but at the same time, it's like don't go back in your the the Cortari government shouldn't go back in the worst thing. Everybody's welcome, and not showing you know being welcome because now people are watching this World Cup more and more, not just because of the game, because of the political unrest that's going on beyond the game. So. People not being allowed to wear certain colors, or the Belgium national team had to take out the word "love" on the back of their of their away jerseys in their collar, or you know the England football captain not being allowed to wear the one "love" armband. Even like, even reporters from different countries, new correspondents who had permissions, who had press permissions, are being stopped on the streets of Qatar while they're trying to report on the game itself. You know, I see the TikTok videos. I'm like, come on, dude. It's like. Honestly, it's like you want that money. That's what I said. FIFA screwed up. They screwed up because, and I can tell because the whole member FIFA had that bribe scandal years back, and even the former president said that yeah, we should. He regret that decision of giving Qatar uh, a bid. He 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 regrets taking the bribe for that shit. It's like you you put on a nation who's never big big on football, and it's like they just wanted to do it just because of the money. That's basically what it was. Give a small nation some, you know, exposure. But at the same time, it was all about money. It's always been like that. It's always been money corrupts everything. But it's like I said, it's, you know, with this game, it's like you got to focus on the game. It's all about the service of the game because everyone waits four years. Especially having two years of pandemic where all these clubs had to play without fans because of the pandemic, you know. You got, you know, you got to give something for people to look forward to. That's why I've been last year with your own. They had it in England. But like I said, it, it like I said, FIFA needs to shape up. They need to get with the times. They need to back their teams. I, I know you know they're being threatened by the Qatar government. I don't know. It's like like I said, it's something that needs to be addressed. Luckily, in the next four years, it's going to be here in the U.S., Canada, Mexico. Hopefully, it won't be as controversial because it's you know I get I, we were more accepting here. That's what it is. We're more accepting of people loving other people. So. And I'm just going to pull this article. I mean, I know a lot of this episode is focused on the World Cup. But like I said, this is all my intention was this weekend. Like, when it came to anime, I was like, I was always about soccer. It's like I said, that's all it was. I was watching the World Cup. That's the biggest thing right now. because It's in the winter. It's in the fall. In the holiday season. So it's like, why not talk about it? I wanted to pull up a lot of things that talked like so far that we've seen so far in the World Cup. Um, I wanted to pull stuff. This is an article from Axios by Hirsch. Scrimmier, hopefully I'm not what's your name. I, these are details that pretty much <laughs> some of the things that I like this because of the fact that it pulls up all the highlights of this tournament outside the tournament. Which one was this? The big picture: Players and nations have used the world stage to speak out against their own countries and the host nation Qatar have experienced human rights abuses. Let's hear details. People said ahead of the tournament they had to focus on football instead of world affairs. This is what people said. President Gianni Infantino said in a letter to the BBC, We know football does not live in a vacuum, and we're equally aware that there are many challenges and difficulties of living nature all around the world. But please do not allow football to be dragged into every ideological or political battle that exists. Like again, the One Love Arbans. says seven European World Cup teams plan to wear rainbow One Love Arbans as a sign of inclusion and anti discrimination reports. But the teams, England, Netherlands, Belgium, Denmark, Germany, Switzerland, and Wales banned the idea that FIFA threatened to impose sporting sanctions on those who partake. So, they were going to give immediate yellow cards. Um, and that was, the decision was to wear armbands, and of course they got changed. And this is on what the Liz Ward director of programs of the LGBTQ plus community in Stonewall, Charity in Stonewall, said, it's quite scary for the communities around the world the LGBTQ plus communities around the world to see our lives be so controversial. It becomes this quite painful, drawn out debate that's questioning on a global scale the validity of the LGBTQ mm -hmm. issues. And then, of course, Germany protests position. Says Germany's national team decided to protest FIFA's rainbow armband rule before its World Cup match against the Japan last Wednesday with team members covering their mouths during a photo. It says it wasn't about making political statements and rights are non negotiable. The German team said the same post on Twitter. Should we take it? Have been taken for granted by this being the case. This is why this message is so important. It's denying us the armband is the same as denying us the voice. Of course, I mentioned earlier how 
The round player staying silent during the national anthem had their match versus England Monday. The silence happened after King Captain Ishan Hassanjani spoke in favor of the protest in Iran, which began after Masha Amini died in custody after being arrested for improper hijab. They should know that they would have we sympathized them. Haja Safi said ahead of the England match. He said, I hope this changes. People wish that everyone would be happy. The team also wore black jackets over their kids before the match, which was another sign of dissent against their home nation. And he says here, danger, Iranian authorities have arrested somebody who support the protesters. Apparently, Wales waving the rainbow flag. Wales displayed rainbow flags at its training camp with tar, which is a sign of solidarity with the LGBTQ plus community, according to BBC News. Homosexuality is illegal within Qatar. Wales staff supporters had the rainbow bucket hats confiscated at the World Cup as well, which has led the people in Qatar having urgent talks about what is allowed as a part of Guardian season. This is something that I saw. Like, I saw TikToks on this and stuff. It's like, I told you, it's like I said, they're trying to keep the political, but you can't. It's hard to keep politics from sports separate because it's on a world stage. You give these teams a platform, you give them a world platform to show, you know, things. It's like, like I said, this World Cup to me, it's like, It's crazy. It's like it's just funny. Like it's like you know, especially like things like you know alcohol and stuff. Like it, it's like it's funny. You know, we have to understand Islam is the official religion of Qatar. Does anyone follow me? Press pledge for the religions and Christianity. Somebody be soon prosecuted. It's also not safe to assume you can practice free hope, but Qatar allows some numbers which practice in this neighborhood as Al-Hajj was just complex, but all faiths are not accommodated equally. See, you can't even bring your own lynch to it. So, it's like, like I said, this is something that they have to get used to. And like I said, this nation, you have to understand, you know, and of course, they even had dress codes for fans too, as well. It's like they even had rules, like rules that these fans had. Like, I understand these fans want to show their love and support. I mean, I see nothing but good videos, like especially the the Mexican fans' videos, like how they're inviting the Qatari citizens to dance around and sing with them and stuff, and showing how welcoming they are. And the Qatari citizens are like kind of cool because they're fascinated because it's like they get to see these other cultures come over. At the same time. The fans had to be, like you said, they had to be respectful to, you know, the government at that time. I understand you want to practice your rights, but like I said, not every country has the same rights as you guys. It's something that you got to understand with traveling. When you travel to other countries that you're not familiar with, you have to abide by the rules. Unfortunately, that is the case. You got to show respect. The same thing when you get taught as a kid, when you visit your grandparents or visit your relatives you have to show respect for where you're visiting it's the same thing when you're traveling you have to show respect understand you want to practice your rights but not every country has the same rights as you you have to respect their laws and so I understand it could be controversial you don't agree with them but unfortunately you're a visitor in their country you're not a citizen so you have to abide by their rules you gotta follow their rules that's the way to allow you into the country That's why I'm seeing a lot of, like journalists are wearing those one arm, one love armbands as well. And now these, like these, like you know, now these like reduced reporters are being stopped, even though they have permits. It's like, like I said, this this World Cup has been nothing that I, I understand. It's like, you know, I spend like thirty minutes talking about the World Cup, but it's something. It's pop culture because, like I said, it's it's something that's like was was gonna take a big you know coverage over everything else, um, especially with. You know, with the government, the Islam, the government, you know, Qatar government, and just the players not being able to exercise their rights to speech and using the, the game as a platform. So, like I said, watch the World Cup. I'm watching it for a period of game, but I do stand with the people in Iran. They're fighting for their rights. You know, I stand with those people. And like I said, everyone should have at least basic human rights, especially women. Um,. This is something that needs to be changed. We need to evolve as people. We need to show change. Times are changing. We need to change. We need to evolve. So, like I said, I'm going to try and watch some matches of the World Cup today. 
And like I said, check out all the replays on Peacock. I think watch the replays on Peacock in Spanish or watch it in English by Fox or Fox Sports 1. Um, and like I said, hopefully Mexico wins in the do or die. Hopefully USA wins in the do or die. I want to see those teams advance. But the one thing I know is Data Martino has, the Mexican Soccer Federation has said that regardless of the outcome, if Mexico advances or not, Data Martino will no longer be head coach for the Mexican selection team because I kept the feeling that it was like collusion in that game against Argentina and there were some choices that based on the players that he brought over and not, you know, listening to what the fans and the federation wanted and it's something that he should have been stepped down before this World Cup began and some players that were supposed they're showing some prospects, that's the reason why these young kids get sent to Europe to get the reps because you want to build them up so all these kids from Mexico get loaned from their home clubs Two European teams just to build enough reps, build that stand up, to be able to compete with these other countries. Because that's who you're gonna expect. You're gonna, you're gonna repeat. You're gonna compete against European um, soccer um, national teams, especially in the World Cup stage. But like I said, the World Cup's gonna change in four years. It's gonna be 48 teams. We'll see what teams get to go in. It's gonna be exciting. You know, can't wait. Hopefully, I'll try to in four years. Hopefully, I will try to go see a World Cup match somewhere in maybe Mexico, Canada, or even another state. Because unfortunately, it's not going to happen here in Illinois, which sucks. But I would love to go see a stylus, go to the Stadio Stecca to see a World Cup, a World Cup match. <laughs> so, so I got check out the World Cup. You know, check that out. So, no further ado, let's go back and look at other stuff that I saw, especially right now with Black Friday and stuff going on. I just saw something that's really interesting. Um, with like products and stuff, and I just saw they're doing. If you play D and D, you know it's funny now. They're making a true pursuit version of Dungeons and Dragons. It's funny. Um, now there's a D and D version of uh, True Pursuit of Dungeons and Dragons. I'm like, I guess they decided to do that. <laughs> oh my god! It says here. Um, this is by Christian Hoffer for Combo.com. Dungeons and Dragons players have a new arena to show off their intricate understanding of the game's rules and lore. The OPS released Trivial Pursuit Dungeons and Dragons Ultimate Edition, a new version of Trivial Pursuit that tests players' knowledge in both in-game lore and actual history of the game and rules of the game. The six categories of the version of Trivial Pursuit include magic and miscellaneous history, monsters, dungeons and adventures, characters, and cosmology with questions pulled from all five editions of Dungeons and Dragons. Players' pieces are taking the form of iconic monsters like Beholders, Mind Flayers, and Mimics. You can check out the full trailer for the game below. So, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, like, if you ever play Trivia Pursuit, it's like you're asking questions, you get a wedge, and, you just, and the whole thing is like you collect different color pieces. It says here, once a player successfully attains all six pieces, they lose the center board where you must answer a final question from a category chosen by the other players. So basically the whole thing is you try to collect these pieces and then try to get to the center and then try to answer a question and basically that's how you win. So you should just see how this game is if you're a big DD fan. I mean, they're, they're, it's funny how Hasbro is taking these um, licensing OPs and turning them into versions of it. I mean, there's a high DD Monopoly? Yahtzee and clue what the heck the DD Yahtzee game comes with that dice tower that can be used in actual DD games. Interesting, okay, that is weird, but all right. Um, uh, it's not that much, like I said, the World Cup's taking a much of the news this week. Um, like I said, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I know there's like people like I gotta see it. I've seen clips on that on TikTok. I have to see it. And it's funny how they got Kevin Bacon in there. It's hilarious. He's back in like a Marvel movie besides, you know, X-Men was the last one he was in. So I definitely got to see that because it's like one of those James Gunn's last works because like I said, if you know, he's going to be he's overseeing DC now. So his last commitment to Marvel is, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which will be out till next year. So, oh, moving on to anime news. Um, voice actor, this is from Anime News Network. Um, this year, Vic Manoia, this is the Supreme Court of Texas, reviews lawsuit. Remember Vic Manoia? He was a voice actor for Funimation at that time. This year, voice actor Vic Manoia and his lawyers filed a petition on number 14 with the Supreme Court of Texas to review the decision on Manoia's defamation lawsuit against Funimation. Voice actors Jamie Archie, Monica Riel, and Riel's fiance Ron Toye. 
Because although the Tarrant County District Court in the Texas Supreme Court appeals had ruled against Magnolia, the voice actors always argued the court appeals upended numerous elements of established Texas law in its ruling. Because Magnolia and his lawyers argued that the previous court findings disregarded that the rule that allowed agreements which let lawyers and parties to any lawsuit enter into a written agreement on any subject matter of the lawsuit interpreted as Creators' contracts and any ambiguous contracts may not be written by courts in addition to petition claims that the court excluded Magnolia's Second Amendment petition because it was in violation of a rewritten Rule 11 agreement. It says here the petition claims that the courts also made errors regarding the following points. Determining that Magnolia is a public figure with insufficient evidence, holding that a party can be involuntarily converted into a limited proposed public figure. By defending himself against defamatory statements, and assuming that those defamation claims, and so much testimony which the appeals court reversed and demanded the trial's course award U.S. $100,000 to Real and Toya's attorneys. This foundation marching Real and Toya await the filing of a response to the petition of state. They will file a response if the court requests one. If you guys are not familiar with Vic Magnolia, if you remember the voice of Edward Elric, he's done a lot of like voice work for anime and video games. But of course, if you don't remember over the course of his career, it says here, this is from, from Anime News Network. Um, over the course of his career, country's voice actor Magnolia had received multiple allegations of sexual harassment from both colleagues, fans, and convention attendees, which came to a head in 2019. Both Foundation ceased its working relationship with him, and only then sued both Foundation, which asked their colleagues, Marchi and Rial, as well as Rial's fiance, Toya, for defamation. The court dismissed these lawsuits. The, rule, the judge ruled that Magnolia must pay 233000 $42.42 and an attorney's fees to the defendants. The judge is ordered to pay $15,000 in sanctions for a total of $238,042.42. Additionally, the judge listed $287,500 in contingent fees and money must pay if he chose to appeal. So, his over the course of the lawsuit, multiple witnesses and alleged victims of sexual advances on one's attention came forward during including voice actresses. Carl Edwards, underage con attendees, convention of staff, and industry professionals. Like I said, I've never met that guy professionally, but yeah. So, even though the million says that he had maintained his allegations against him, but dude, you gotta let, you gotta step up, take ownership. You know you did, but this article was written by um, Alex Mateo for Anime News Network. So, uh, definitely something I just saw uh, too as well. There's a lot of spy family. TikTok, especially with Ion, and now with um, Asian Nightfall. Making her debut on the anime. Who's voiced by the voice actress of Uraka from My Hero Academia. Um, I'm like, I'm ahead of Spy Family. Like I said, I'm one of those guys that read manga first and then watch the anime. So I've been seeing the videos and just seeing Nightfall's anime debut, which they did a good job. I'm collecting the Ion mine and uh, if you know Nightfall, she's like a fellow colleague of um, Agent Twilight, and she's basically respects him as like a mentor, but also at the same time, she's in love with him, and she's kind of upset that she didn't get chosen to be his so-called wife. But I would, and just based, I just saw like I guess reaction was just reading her mind and stuff. It's just funny. Even the manga is hilarious, so I didn't want to spoil so much with her, but that's basically the case. Is um. With Agent Nightfall, and basically she's another spy to see as Twilight, and she's kind of upset that she didn't get chosen to be, you know, Twilight's wife, supposed as wife, while Twilight's infiltrating this nation. Instead, it looks at yours being like competition that she feels she's stronger than yours. You honestly, yours the strongest one. It's freaking yours a beast. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, well, definitely check out Spy Family season one, part two. It's currently airing on Crunchyroll. I believe it's also on Hulu as well. Um, but another thing I wanted to talk about today, uh, like 40 minutes. Um, I do want to talk about Spider Series War Games. I was able to find time to watch that. It's the first like Spider Series on a Triple H is on Creative Control, and he decided to shake things up and decided to get rid of the whole traditional Survivor Series um, format. You know, five on five elimination tag matches, and decided to change the board game style which to me was a good change of pace and was a man matches in the cards versus AEW's loaded card it was interesting to see um I'm seeing like it WWE's gained more and more people you know watching and just changing a lot of things for which changing a lot of things when it comes to creative and it opened up with the the women's um board games match which to me was really great um 
you know, evolve a lot of weapons. Um, seeing returning Becky Lynch coming back and Bianca Belair, you know, Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Mia Yim, um, versus Team Damage Control, which was Bailey, the Kota Kai, Sky, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley. And it was a great match, you know, it was really good spots, and you know, they're using candlesticks, using chairs, um, and you know, you're trying to use everything that came in ladders. You know, it's like they're using a lot of things tables, ladders, and chairs. Like a little bit of TLC match without, you know, looking at well. If you're not familiar with War Games, it's like basically it's. If you haven't seen one of War Games match, it was created by Dusty Rhodes back in the day when he was working for Jim Crockett Promotions, eventually later on to WCW. Basically, it, it's evolved because it used to be a close off cage over two rings. Basically, it's two rings. It's five on five, but two rings being surrounded by steel. And basically anything goes. And two men start off, two people, two competitors start off in five minutes. And the first person from each, one person from the selected team goes first. The match doesn't really start until all members of both teams end. The only way you can win is by pinfall or submission. That's the only way you can win. So, but pretty much, um, like I say, it's one of those matches where it's great because it was used a lot of NXT, but Triple H bringing it to the main roster was really a change of pace. I like the fact that WWE's mentioning NXT a lot. Uh, that's, I think, one of the things that Triple H has changed while allowing, you know... Because if you notice now, it's a lot of more, you know, a lot of the competitors now being more of from NXT now. And I like for a fact that doing callbacks to it, which I like that bringing their technology and their accomplishments in NXT. Because that's a Triple H call. It wasn't a Vince McMahon call. Because he, Vince McMahon kept forgetting that NXT was the... He wanted to keep NXT in the main roster center, but it's like, who are you getting these calls? So how are these people are going to be familiar with these, with these superstars? Unless they don't see NXT. So that's why I like the fact that Triple H has made it like a mission to make sure they're being mentioned of it. But I was looking at this like results by CBS Sports and they actually gave this match a, a A minus, which to me is great because you know women start off the, the premium live event with a straight match. It was a really good spot. There was one he crossed jumping off the top of the cage onto everybody else. It was a great match. I enjoyed it. So yeah, I kinda agree with the whole yeah, and of course we got to see AJ Styles and Finn Balor going at it again. All, you know, former members of the Bullet Club, and of course you got Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows coming back. What's the OC? And then you got Dominic Mysterio, which I saw his TikTok with Rhea Ripley as they attacked his dad at his home. It was a great match. It was back and forth, back and forth. They're like leaving welts on each other and just crazy enough. But it was a good match. You know, Styles ended up winning with a um, phenomenal forearm. And taking the net. And of course, we had the women's match, SmackDown Women's Championship, which is Ronda Rousey and Shotzi. Um, Shotzi trying her best. Like, it was cool. They got her and she got a shot. I like for that triple, just giving these different female competitors, like, different shots. It wasn't the best match. Um, I know I saw the crowd were really not into it as much because a lot of people are still doubting Ronda Rousey, you know. But. I like the fact I'm a big fan of Shotzi. I'm glad she had at least had an opportunity. I just wish they had better spots, but and I could tell there was some little you know rust in there. And I also want to see Shayna Baszler taking on Ryan Ross. I wonder if that's going to eventually lead to them going at it. I would like to see that as well. But gotta give Shotzi some efforts. But of course, Rousey ended up winning with submission. It wasn't a many ma- like I said. It was only the two war games matches and like three matches in between, which was a good call by Triple H. It was a good call by him. Then we had the U.S. Championship match between Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory. Of course, traditional triple H, triple um, match rules. But I like the fact that, you know, I was surprised Austin Theory won, but I think it was a better way to show how Austin Theory can be, you know, show this kid. Like, honestly, if you look at Triple H in the press conference, like, he even said Austin's career, you could tell by based on how his final law took him. Was going on too, but I think this was a way, not to give the also good credit to Lashley and Rollins, but to find a way to get people to start looking at theory to show hey he can keep up with them as well. There were some really good spots even down the stretch, um, but of course theory with the winning, hopefully with this will kind of help push him a little bit more and in a more positive note and hopefully relaunch his career and just the way that Vince handled it as well. So it was a good match, you know. I enjoyed it, but then of course the main event because the Royal Sterling I kept 
like watching more in WWE was the whole Sami Zayn, the honorary Oos, you know, showing his loyalty to the bloodline. But honestly, that's the only storyline that's been like keeping my attention more. Don't be wrong, I like the women's storyline as well, but this was the narrative. I kind of like how Triple is just keeping this whole narrative of Sammy, like what is his allegiance lies, Jay not trusting him. This is kind of like an anime type of thing, and it was a good match. Um, there are times where Jay did just didn't want to trust Sammy, but Sammy seen him a couple times, and it's like it, it all focused on Sammy. If look, even though Roman was there, it was more on Zane. It was like more on Zane showing his loyalty, and you know him and you know Kevin always had this friendship for so many years through the days of Ring of Honor, you know. When they were Kevin Steen and Henetico, like they were competing against each other, even at NXT, when they were friends, and it's like it's the whole thing. I like how they bring this passion and the thing, and it was a great match. It was really good spots, um, but eventually, you know, um, Sammy showed who his allegiance lies, and you know, giving a low blow to Kevin Owens, and just um, it was a great. You know, like I said, it shows loyalty, and finally Jay and Sammy finally come to terms that hey, Jay finally giving him a hug, and finally acknowledging that hey, he's one of us. I definitely need to get that uh, Monterey U shirt, and it worked so phenomenal. The storytelling worked so phenomenal with it, and I can't wait to see what it what's in store for my Raw. So check out Spider-Man's War Games. Currently, you can watch the repeat on Peacock as well. Other than that, um. Under that, before I close out, um, I wanted to let you know what I was doing. Um, I just finished Supernatural. <laughs> I know I've been too late. I finally finished last season of Supernatural, which to me was good send off to the show that's been around for 15 years. I enjoyed it. It was good seeing some characters make appearances again. Um, it was great. And, you know, the final current call for Sam and Dean. Um, definitely check that out on Netflix. Um, um, there's been talk about Wednesday. I need to check out that show. That's the one that's directed by Tim Burton. That's based on Wednesday Adams from the Adams family. Um, Jenna Ortega is doing like I've seen videos of the scene scenes and shows how much love she has for that character. So I definitely need to check that out. So check out Wednesday on Netflix. Um, Manga Rise. Um, right now I'm reading Komichan Komiki Communicate. Um, Anime-wise, like I said, I've been doing a rewatch on My Hero Academia. Um, right now, I've been using this uh, website that has the best like watch recommended watch order. So right now, um, I just finished season two, and now I gotta jump into. Um, I just finished the watching the specials related to heroes. So that's the next film I gotta watch is Two Heroes, which I do have the Blu-ray. But I've been I've been watching the series in dub because I watched the whole series in sub. But I saw the films in dub when I went to the theaters. Because, like I said, you go into the theater, I were watching in dub so I can pay attention more. I'm actually going to watch these movies in sub and see there's a bigger similarity between the translation. I know Funimation has done a wonderful job with the dubbing. I love the dub actors. They do a best job to pay tribute to their Japanese counterparts. So, definitely doing that. I know right now in the anime right now, season six, people are, you know, I'm caught up with the I'm caught up to the manga at that point, past what season is showing. But just seeing people posting online the pictures and stuff from the season so far and the depths of certain pro heroes or injuries and it seeing fans hard. But like I said, I don't want to, like, when it comes to anime, I don't want to share that shit on Twitter because you don't want to deal with the, the toxicity of fandom. Because like, to me, I'm a manga reader, but I'm also an anime watcher. But I don't want to be one of those manga readers that want to spoil for the anime watchers because to me, that's not a... Thing that you should do it's not a common courtesy you gotta be respectful because they they don't have time to read they want to watch it but you can always tell them hey if what if, if you're waiting for the next season go ahead and read it just tell them afterwards to read the manga if they already start watching anime just wait till the anime goes on a break and tell them to pick up the manga and so they can catch up and prepare for like the next arc so they can expect what they're coming and that's what they should do. Not spoil it and try to spoil for everybody else and being as toxic as they can. You know, you got to be respectful. It's like people... That's why when I do movie reviews, I try to not to spoil it, but I have to just for the sake of talking about it. That's why I warn you guys when I do like movie reviews with a spoiler. But I wanted to address the toxicity when it comes to anime fandom because to me it's like... 
That's why I try to stay away from talking about anime on social media because I don't want to get hit by the fans and stuff. So like when I, that's why I try to keep that podcast as kind of like the platform to do it. But I try not to spoil it for you guys. I just give it to you guys as a recommendation. But like I said, my first thing to do, if you want to get into a certain anime, read up on the manga first or the light novel just to get a sense of what this series is going to be about so that we get into it because sometimes these anime studios sometimes they'll not want to adapt everything they'll, they'll add filler episodes because then you're not going to be prepared for it or they'll skip certain arcs that you feel that should have been should have been adapted into the anime so you, that way you prepare all oh, this will happen and you know it says that you don't want to spoil for anybody who hasn't haven't read the manga or light novel and just watch the anime it's only one piece you know I became one of those where I watched one piece first but I didn't go back and read the manga that's why I stopped watching One Piece. Went back and read the manga. I'm caught up to that point. Now I'm going back and re-watching One Piece again. Just because to show the appreciation for Oda Sensei. For his work. For working on One Piece for over 20 something years. And the course of Netflix series is coming out. Now even the Netflix is, uh, casting is being controversial. Because people are like. How come the characters don't look like their characters? You gotta understand. When these artists drew these characters. They use out of body proportions. You gotta understand. Each manga creator has their own art style. This is the same thing when it comes to the Marvel movies and the Marvel comics. When it can translate the film, like you're not gonna have find people with those weird proportions. They have to apply to realism. This is what you gotta understand. I'm glad for the cast of One Piece. It's the most diverse cast they have for definitely something like such as an anime. They have a diverse cast because that's what Oda wanted. He wanted a diverse cast. He's involved in the project. They ask these producers how involved he is. He's involved in every step of the production. So, you gotta understand. Say, dude, Marvel. You gotta understand. Marvel Cinematic Universe is its own universe. That's why I look at it in its own universe. Something that we involve. That's why the video games are separate. The movies are separate. The comics are separate. Same thing with DC. You gotta understand. This is the interpretation with these anime movies. That's why even Japan anime live action does not translate well because um. If you look at that's what happened with the Attack on Titan live action movie. Didn't do well in Japan. Didn't do well here. Same thing with Full Metal Alchemist. I'm surprised they're making two sequels to Full Metal Alchemist um, live action. But because Japan, it's kind of hard because sometimes they don't follow what the source music has. Like when you watch a Full Metal Alchemist anime um, live action, like they gave El- the character, they gave the actor who played Edward a shitty wig. They should have done a better design. You know, I've seen cosplayers in Japan who do a phenomenal job of bringing those characters to life. And I'm surprised they never brought them to help out with that, at least being consultants. I mean, they didn't have Winry with blonde hair. She wasn't wearing her regular overalls or nothing. They made her like a dancer. She's not like that in the manga. That's why I try to brush off live-action anime films, because they don't translate very well from the source material. They look like shitty cosplay. And, you know... That's what, to me, I see those. I mean, honestly, that's why I stick to animated, anime movie films like One Piece Red or My Hero Academia movie trilogy or Dragon Ball Super, you know, Heroes so or Broly. So definitely something you need to talk about. Like like I said, that's why I don't talk about anime on Twitter. That's why I don't share it on Facebook. Don't get me wrong. I love anime. I try my best to share it on TikTok. But I like to talk it more on an audio standpoint, but... That's my thing. I don't like to post anything anime related on Twitter because I don't want to deal with toxic fans. And I I heard other podcasters they talk about when they, every time they post something about a certain thing, they get bombarded by these people, by these toxic individuals who don't want to hear an opinion about, who don't respect the opinion. That's the whole thing about social media is showing your opinion or something. You don't have to agree or disagree, but every person is tied to their opinion regardless of the ridiculous outcome. So, check out Promise Neverland and our, for example, how Promise Neverland, you know, that's why I'm starting to read the manga first because a lot of people, I saw, just because I decided to go on Twitter one day and saw, hey, for season two, it's pretty disappointing because they skipped a certain arc. Like, see, this is what happened. I went on Twitter one day and that happened. I got spoiled it. That's why I had to go back and read Promise Neverland to understand why a certain guy skips. That's why I'm going back, read the manga, probably watch the first season. Read a little bit more, collect more volumes. I'm trying to collect paper manga again, and because Target's starting to sell manga, so before I jump into season two and see why this happened, why the studio made the decision to call this, this is why some studios don't want to wait. So I've been for the full, the first full Alchemist animated series, 
where they skip, they pretty much change everything. Brought in a character wasn't even in the manga, they didn't bring any characters from the manga as well, and they changed everything. That's why Brotherhood came out, and that's why I recommend Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood as the true, definitive version to watch Full Metal Alchemist. Read the manga, watch anime. That's why I tell everybody. That's what I'm going to tell you guys. Read the manga, read the novel, then watch the anime. But if you want to read, watch the anime first, that's fine with me. Watch it first. If you're interested, you want to wait for the next season, go back, read the manga, read the novel, so that way you can prepare yourself what's to come. So thank you so much, you guys. I'll see you guys again next week. We're finishing up November strong. We're going into December, last month of the year. Be careful on your holiday shopping. Stay well. Stay rested. Um, watch anime. Watch football. Be yourself. Love who you love. I'll see you guys again next time. As always, geek on. Take care. Make sure to follow the podcast. on Everything posted in the description below. Follow us on Facebook at TalkPop8520. Follow the podcast on Twitter at PopCult85. Check out our merch at threadless.popculture.com. TalkPopCulture.Threadless.com Sorry, I keep mixing those up. Special shout out to my sponsors, ExpressVPN, Poddex, and also my home platform, Who Should Love, is Pod is Anchor, which is the best way to start a podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you guys again next week. As always, geek on and take care. <laughs>